over my dead body. I meant what I said. But I mean, could, could, you, could you imagine if a person that you loved, a person that you cherished, a person that you held dear to you said that someone was going to force them to experience pain. Someone was going to bring forth agony. Someone was going to take them to a place where they would experience death. See, Jesus spoke of the scribes, these Pharisees, and he said that they were going to kill him. And I said, over my dead body. And then he looked at me. He looked at me as if, as if he didn't know me. Me. He looked at me as if he didn't know me and said, get behind me, Satan. He said that to me. He can't forget. He's a God that cannot forget, but, but, but did he forget? Did he forget that he approached me while I was fishing with my brother and said two words that changed our life? Follow me. And we followed. Did, did he forget that he was talking to us, asking us a bunch of questions, a bunch of questions, and then he narrowed the questions in more and said, who do they say that I am? And we said, Jeremiah, some other guys said a prophet. Some guys said John the Baptist. And then he said, who do you say that I am? And I raised my hand like a, like a kid in a classroom ready to answer for the teacher. You are the Christ, the anointed one. You've been selected by God. You are the Messiah. You are the Christ. Did he forget? That after we had fed thousands and he went off to pray, he told us to go across the water. And so we went. But then we felt like Gilligan once we got to the middle of the pond where the waters got choppy. And we got scared. And in the midst of that fear, in the midst of that terror, in the midst of that doubt, we see Jesus walking on the water. And then I said to Jesus, Lord, if I can come to you, if you would allow it, may I come? And he said, come. He commanded me to come. And though I doubted and though I got a little scared and though that wave was gigantic, I walked on the water with Jesus. Jesus never can forget. He, he can't forget but let me tell you something that I can never forget. I can never forget the sound, the sound of a rooster. We were all meeting together, having a meal, doing what we typically do. He's, he's breaking down some parables, explaining things to us while we eat, and then he says something different. He says, look at this bread, break it, take and eat. He says, take this drink, this wine, which is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the forgiveness of many sins. He said that, and, and we were all feeling it. We were vibing. We started singing songs and singing hymns together. We started praising, and then he said something that just seemed off. He said, the shepherd is going to be struck. The shepherd is going to be struck, and, and people will fall away. And I raised up. 
know it's something that I'm working on, but I'm a bit impulsive. I, I raised up and I said, I will never, ever fall away from you. And then he looked at me with that, that look again and said that I would deny him three times. Three times before the rooster crows. Deny you three times. Jesus, I won't deny you once. And so some time passes by and we go back to our spot, the spot that we, we know well. It's this little garden off in the Kidron Valley. And there, far in the distance, I see one of my, one of my brothers. I see Judas, and he's coming towards us. But now, as he gets closer, I see that Judas is not alone. He has some soldiers. He has a lot of soldiers with him. He has a legion of soldiers with him. Deny you, Jesus. I'm ready to die for you. And so as they approach, I pull out my sword and I cut off one of their ears because I know I can't take out everybody, but if I can mess up one of them, <laughs> maybe they'll all back up. And just as I go to cut another one, Jesus grabs my arm. But he does it again. Instead of rebuking them, instead of talking to them, instead of getting mad at them, he looks at me and tells me to put away my sword. He starts saying that this is the cup the Father has given him. It's beyond what I can understand. All I know is that I don't want them to take my Jesus, but they do. And this worries me. It plagues my mind because this is not an arrest. This is not simply putting you in handcuffs. This is not simply running your name to see if any priors come up. This is like a death sentence. Romans don't send tons of people for things that they don't think is a major threat. And so they take my Jesus away to Pilate the governor. So you know I followed. And as I follow, another disciple joins me and me and the disciple, we get to the doorway and the disciple walks in because he already knows the chief priest. He's got connections. He walks right in and I wait. But he comes back and he speaks to the girl that's at the gate and he says to her to let me in. And just before I come in, she says, are you one of Jesus's disciples? Are you one of Jesus' disciples? I, I froze. I needed to see him. I had to see him. This is my God. They have taken my God away. I need to see him. I need access. And so I said, no. Denial number one. I wanted access to this courtyard, but I said, no. Denial number one. Then while we're in the courtyard and in the distance, I can see them punching Jesus. They're having these back and forth conversations with him. And then they'll smack him. They'll, they'll ask him a question just to see what he says. And then they belittle him by spitting on him and kicking him. And they're harming my Jesus. But while I'm standing around this fire with some other people, they start looking at me. And they start asking a question. They said, 
Weren't you with Jesus? Weren't you, weren't you one of his disciples? And I see them smacking my Jesus. I'm seeing them hitting my Jesus. I know where this will lead. And so I get scared. And I say, no, no, I wasn't with him. No, I'm, I'm not one of his disciples. No, I deny him again. In that moment, I don't want to be associated with him. First, I wanted my access to him. Now, I don't even want to be associated with him. And lastly, a girl cuts through from across the courtyard, dead-eyed just for me. And she walks up to me and says, I remember seeing you in the garden. Aren't you one of his disciples? And before I knew it, All I could say was no. I was overwhelmed. I don't know my motivations. I don't know all the reasons why I did not say, and yes, he's my Lord, and yes, I'm his disciple. I said no a third time. And as soon as I said no, the rooster crowed. As soon as I said no, that rooster sang a song that continues to play in my mind over and over and over. I denied him. But it almost seemed as if Jesus himself was, was denying the very hope that I had in him. It was almost as if Jesus forgot who he was. Jesus, you are the God of all. You are the Messiah. Jesus, show these folks what's up. Jesus, you have all power. You are all controlling. So if you thought me cutting off an ear was something impulsive, wait till you see the power that Jesus brings. I'm ready for it. I'm looking forward to it. I have hope in it. Better, better than hope, I've got some great expectation. Get ready, Romans. Jesus is about to let it out. At any given moment, I was ready for him to call down a legion of angels to show them what was up. And I just kept thinking, okay, it's going to happen now. Okay, it's going to happen now. Okay, it's going to happen now. Maybe when they took him into custody, a whole legion, I'm like, great, rain down on him, Jesus. Then when these false allegations that the Jews trumped up on him came, I thought, okay, for sure, Jesus, Here it comes. Let them have it. Then beyond just the mere words, what about when when the physical pain began to torment my God? When Pilate, who sees no guilt in him, says, but to appease the Jews, I'm going to have him flogged. Flogged. Flogging is like, like, like imagine a whip with a number of different leather strips that come from it. And on one leather strip, there's metal pieces. On another metal strip, shards of glass. And on the third metal strip, claws from an animal. And there's 10 of these dangling. And what a Roman soldier would do They would almost try to decorate and see who could make these beautiful white walls the most red. Because what they would do is take that whip and lock it into your back. Lock it into your ribs, lock it into your side. 
But that wasn't the most painful part. The most painful part was when they yanked it out. And I thought for sure when he felt that pain, I thought for sure when he cried out that he would then say, angels, have your way. I thought for sure that at that point he would then say, you now can witness my power. I kept expecting him to show that he was the king. But then when they they bring out this robber named Barabbas against royalty named Jesus, I thought for sure he would show us his innocence before all men. It was was clear that Jesus was waiting in my eyes to bring forth all that we expected at the zenith, at the highest point, at the point where he could show his power the greatest. Okay, so maybe I missed it when they mocked him. Maybe I missed it when it was Barabbas versus Jesus. But I know he's not going to let himself hang on a cross. They take him to the skull of Golgotha. They take him to Calvary. They take him to uh, uh, this place where people are known to die. One criminal lined up on each side of him. They even put a fitting title that says Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Yeah, they took the nail through his hands. They took the nails through his feet. And the whole time while this was playing in my mind, I'm thinking, y'all are setting yourself up for failure. He is about to show his reign. It's what we've been expecting, longing for, and waiting for. He takes a drink. Parts from the exhaustion, takes a drink. And instead of doing what I expected, he did something unexpected. He says, it is finished, bowed his head, and gave up his spirit. He did what was unexpected. None of us expected that he would die. None of us expected that they would win. None of us expected that Rome would be victorious. What I expected was that he would reign like he said it would. What I expected was that he would conquer this society. And what I expected was that all of my fears, all of my worries would be moved to the wayside. But of all things, none of us expected the unexpected which was that he would die. His death was unexpected and it led us towards a place of sadness. It's not the story that we wrote, not the story that we thought he told us, not the ending that was supposed to happen. This ending is so unexpected. Never could we have imagined the one who calms the waves who tells the wind to obey, who commanded people to raise. Never could we imagine that the one who made the blind see would be dying before me. 
But God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. For Christ died for sins once and for all, for the righteous, the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. I denied him once because I wanted access to the courtroom. But he died to provide us access into heaven. I denied him once because I did not want to be associated with him. But he died so that we might have a new association as sons and daughters, as brothers and sisters in his body. I denied him once because of fear. But he died so that death would have no sting and fear would have no power over our lives. It was an unexpected death. But a death that achieved far more than what we could have ever imagined. If this Jesus that we speak of today is a Jesus that you would like to know more about, our church body would love to walk with you. I, as a pastor, will be here after service right up front. Love to talk with you more about serving this Jesus who has died on the cross. The story does not end there. So we invite you to come back on Sunday to hear about how Jesus conquers death. But understanding what Jesus has gone through and the pain that he experienced for our sake is why we pause on Good Friday. And and not only what he went through, but the beautiful benefits that are afforded to us. We now have access to the Father. We now have our sins forgiven. We now have had a God who conquered death, so there is no need for fear in our lives. And so because I may not see you on Sunday, not because you may not come, but because sadly you may not live. We offer you the opportunity to accept Christ today if you do not know him as your Savior. I will be up front afterwards and would love to talk to you about what it looks like to live for the King. We didn't know death was going to be this vehicle for new life, but we are thankful that Christ achieved it on our behalf. As you think through and consider these things that I've shared tonight, my prayer is that as you leave in silence, Christ will be that much closer to you. Let me pray. Father, we are so thankful for your power. You went through a lot, and though we could not have written a story like this, though we would not have thought that man seemingly winning would be the way in which you would bring in your victorious reign, God, we're thankful that you did it. We're thankful, Lord, for an unexpected death that brings us an amazing new life. It's in you we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Go in silence.